Hey, Matt. Hey, man. That's a. I like your new theme song. Thanks. We listen to records. We listen to records. We listen to records. Oh, how did you? What did you? Did you make that with like a Casio keyboard or just like a? You know, what did, what did, what did you make that with? Well, um, my son was given our two two year old Dylan was given a um, this is a Fisher Price microphone. And it basically, it has like a three-second sampler in it, and you just say something like, Say something into the microphone! Oh, God. Hello, gold well, bitch. I'll say something into the microphone. My name is Matt. Whoa. Hey, what's your name? Yeah, I'm going to use this on every episode, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, every one. Ready? What's your name, asshole? Back, 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 back. No. I'm trying. I'm trying to start the show. I'm trying okay, to start the show. Ahead, and you're ahead, being a two-year-old. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, let's, let's do this again. My name is Matt. I'm Jason. Uh, and I don't have that. So, um, <laughs> we've been friends since high school, and we yeah. played in a lot of bands together. Yeah. Music has always been a part of our friendship. Yeah, it has. And we picked some records here that have to do with the many years of being friends and those records that influenced them for better or worse or for nothing. Um, like, for example, Beck's Mellow Gold that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, actually, we're you talk about Mellow Gold today. You picked sometimes it. Sometimes you talk about great albums. Right. And listen, I, I think this is a great I album. Picked it. Yeah. I think like well you inadvertently sort of yeah, without but you knowing do, man you jumped the gut we got to say the name of the actual podcast we listen to records we listen, we listen to, to records, records. Oh, right yeah we, you have to do that one um yeah if we don't do that it hasn't officially started <laughs> right. now you can tell people what we're listening to. okay this is beck's mellow gold um, which I just want to say, by the way, this incredible sculpture that's on the front, this metal sculpture with like a, some kind of an animal head stuck to the robot. And then this, you know, like cl- fucked up clouds in the back. Beck actually used to like know this guy who he was just like a, you know, fixed cars in his neighborhood in LA. And he happened to do these metal sculptures and Beck loved them and was like, hey, can I take a picture for my record? And he said, yeah, sure, of course. I don't think <laughs> so, I've ever looked at the cover of this record. It's before. an incredible cover. I mean, honestly, I I think I, that... I always had this on like bootleg bullshit copies. I never like owned this. Oh, wow. Like in a in the capacity where I gave money to a record label. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, too bad. Oh, well, that's sad. So I don't think I've ever really looked at this. This is fucked up. So for, for me, Beck was, I mean, there's amazing levels to back for me which was like which were mind-blowing at the time because i'm i still have my four track i'm recording in at the graystone in 91st street and broadway in in new york city and trying to find like-minded people to just fuck around on a four track because that's like endlessly entertaining to me and then loser starts to come out and I'm, I'm hearing these interviews with this guy and there was an interview that i taped off of k-rock the local fucking bullshit station where he was he was just completely avoiding every question and not making any sense and the guy got so pissed off and was like oh yeah this will hold people's attention this album this is really great like just sarcastic being such a sarcastic asshole and it was amazing because and i think for me that was what completely i was like i'm on board with this guy uh he just fucked with like the the entire everything this guy like like with his smarmy like radio announcer voice trying to trying to just ask the dumbest questions and Beck was like hey I'm just gonna fuck with you this is fun <laughs> and then not only that but then he was like okay you're gonna play your song and he was like yeah and then he played not even the the track that he wanted and played like at least a seven minute version of it with no end just kept going on and on and on at making up lyrics completely it was incredible like who would do that i mean honestly to just practically like throw away their or just just not really not give a shit i mean this was kind of a crazy art project i mean he comes from this this family his grandfather was was seriously a, a, an artist 
like a sort of Dadaist in, in Europe with, um, I mean, I think there's a picture of him and Dali and I mean, in a group photo, like a lot of, like he actually was a, a you know, pretty substantial artist and Beck's living in LA in this, in a, you know, crazy Latino neighborhood, you know, so there's all this like LA influence of who knows, you know, kind of a little bit of hip hop and a little bit of just kind of stuff that's happening there. He, he decides randomly to take a Greyhound to New York City, rides for, you know, 36 hours because he, he decides he needs to go to New York City, lives in New York City and totally is a part of the like anti-folk scene with um, like when Garrett and I used to play Sidewalk Cafe, that's where they used to have open mic nights. And I... I'm pretty sure that's where Beck used to play with this guy Latch, who like sort of organized the whole thing. And I remember Garrett talking about Latch all the time, <laughs> if you can imagine. I mean, this is like Garrett's oh. hero was Latch. And well, uh, I'm gonna hold, pause right there yeah, for a please. second because for listeners out there, Garrett, this guy Garrett, um, we'll leave him, we'll leave off his last name, but um, was a friend of Jason's and mine dating back to about '93. You met him in Central Park, right? Yes. Didn't he just like walk up and put he, headphones on you? And... He gave me business his business card, which said like poet. So I said, "All right, yeah, great. he's just a poet, crazy like big, you know, afro hair, like or you know, not afro hair, but like giant mop of hair, weird kind of crazy personality." And you guys lived together for a while, yeah. and we were all well, like, he he, he like did all this crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it's a it's an insane long story. But he of, was uh, for me such a knows? sort of like iconic 90s figure to like the random weird person that instead Wait, of Garrett making was? them go away you invited them into your life it was just it was that kind of yeah we're, it's the 90s we're living in new york city in the lower east side and garrett and we also wanted to help him you know he was living in in jersey like working you know at some i don't know convenience store or something or not really doing too much and we were like but he had these amazing ideas and we were like, fuck, come stay on the couch. And then he ended up paying rent. We were like, great. And then, you know, just cause he, yeah, he was really a original kind of untouched by pop culture person, which was unique even then. And now would be like unheard of. <laughs> it would be impossible to find. Yeah. So, so, so for our listeners, just imagine like one of the weirder people you've ever met. Um, obsessing over like random bands and indie stuff that you have never heard of that plums depths of weirdness you well, and, and I, not I sure really, you want to go into. I really thought in a lot of ways. So Garrett latched totally latched onto the scene, this anti folk scene and open mics in the Lower East Side, and that and that which was amazing to me because he was really like had no sort of um, filter or self consciousness. Was like I'm going to play these shows fuck it i'm gonna play him solo and the way that he played guitar was insane and that blew me away yeah, he had and no training or, he, he, or he played anything. with like his thumb like i think he saw richie havens do that once or in some video and or, or he just i mean he just like barred the chords with his thumb and would play but really get like kind of an incredible range of like acoustic guitar it's, yeah. it makes no sense so anyway so he was obsessed beck, with latch beck was a part of this scene and got deep into just realizing like you know what this folk music and punk rock have common there's a lot of common roots there and and he just sort of was like you know i kind of really loved uh woody guthrie sound and, and that kind of thing and the idea that you could sort of create these these very mundane songs about like, oh, look, the train's coming in, you know? So he was like, I wanted to do that, but also in a punk rock noise way. So, and then I just started hearing weird things, how he's wearing like uh, stormtrooper masks and he's blowing leaves around in a show when, when somebody was there to see him. Cause I think at that point, loser was, is, is a pretty big, like became, and that, that whole story is insane. How loser even came about was like right. some random kind of almost hip hop producer and the guy from Bongload records were friends. And the guy from Bongload records had heard him play in LA when he moved back from New York and was like, this guy's doing some weird stuff. I'm into it. Let's put out like a seven inch. And, uh, he said the only like producer he knew or thought of was this guy. 
So he's like, great. So they put them together and there was like no chemistry at all. They were like not in the same world at all. But I guess when um, Beck went to go grab lunch or something, he, he did that weird slide part that and yeah. the guy looped it and put some drum thing over it. And they went to lunch and then Beck was like singing over it. And he was like, and he was like, fuck this. I'm, I really, I'm terrible. And he just started singing. I'm a loser. Why don't you kill me? (laughs) And they kept that part. And then he started just doing these weird, like rap vocals because he felt like, oh, there's this like hip hop song. Well, it's a gibberish song. I think everybody knows that song. (laughs) I was going to say, but we listen to records. So why don't we listen to something? Why don't you pick, don't play loser. We'll play out on that one. But like, Um, what's what's another track on this one that you remember uh, as like, kind of a big deal from then like was beer can Jesus. was or yeah yeah you know let's do those yeah let's listen to beer can all right thinking about when i was listening to this recently yeah. for this podcast yeah. was i honestly don't think i ever listened to this album more than once yeah yeah i mean when it came out everybody you couldn't avoid loser right but i think even if i did own it or have a bootleg of it i i, I none of this sounds familiar to oh me. wow that's and, funny and what's what what's kind of interesting about that listening to beer can right now which yeah. you know um like i think what happened with beck and why you loved this way more than me yeah. is that lo-fi 
sample oh God, like four track thing that he's doing. Live for it. Sounds like a million other like awful bands, honestly. Oh, come on. Like who? Um I'm just trying to think. There was so much just kind of <laughs> crappy four track stuff in the in the early nineties. What are you but, talking about? And there was some good stuff too. Um but what saves this is he has a real knack for good bass lines. Yeah. And and his vocal style is very approachable. And he's clearly referencing like kind of um, folk and, and blues yeah, yeah, and psychedelia yeah, yeah. and like yeah, hip hop yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it comes together in this way where there's a lot of recognizable layers. Right. That right. are just kind of broken I, up by the four track sound. I think you're hitting on exactly what did it for me was the mashup of everything, which was like right. anything goes, any genre is fair game. And I'm not taking this too seriously. And this well, and is really that's probably fun. Probably why he had more success with Odelay. Well, Odelay was this with without the a major with the studio, right? This with a major studio, and well, see, what I think happened with Mellow Gold was he had done stuff previous to this, which was very folk, very like MTV makes me want to smoke crack, kind of like really funny, but ridiculous. But also, you know, like in a punk rock way of like, yeah, fuck this, fuck everything. This is fun. But then Loser happened out of nowhere. Literally, they took that demo and it started being played in, on and, uh, whatever station in L.A. there. And it just caught on for whatever reason. And they had to press a single. And then they were like, fuck, we need an album. So you can hear a lot on this album, that, that little bit of that formula of... Let's let's get some heavy hip hop sounding breakbeat drums, right? And then see what we come up with. So I think there was a little bit of pressure on this to to make a loser record. And then I think with Odelay was Beck going, I'm gonna work with the Chemical Brothers who are known for this like sampling technique and like really diving deep and having the time and the the uh, equipment to just go you know all in and and Odelay is is absolutely the like pinnacle I think of of this sound I mean I, you know Beck's interesting because he's gone all over the place and I really do think he is uh you know has like uh, evolved in an interesting ways and you know Scientology aside uh <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot to be said for his catalog, and um, starting well, that, with really I mean, really starting with I I loved these weird things that he would do, putting out um, a ten inch that I have that's like has a finger painted uh, uh, drawing with it that was like just weird alternate tracks from uh, Mellow Gold era. Like I just I, I really appreciate that he came from that side of like you know singing just singing folk songs at the back of the bus in LA going in endless loops and while people would scream at him to play Guns N' Roses and he was like mm -hmm. whatever fuck it you know he's just like really was giving everything to playing this shitty guitar everywhere he went in kind of a, well, like I think interesting the way. evolution of his sound in a lot of ways is just based on what you said that original not giving a fuck yeah kind of thing um, and he's he's thrown everything in so there's no quote unquote Beck sound right it, it's it's an amalgamation of sounds that you recognize put together in weird ways yeah yeah um, so he, I mean he can kind of be whatever he wants to be what and I what what I find interesting about him is that he became like a bona fide celebrity too. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Like married a a, a, a modestly well known actress who's the sister of a famous actor. You know, he's on well, TV shows you and Saturday Night Live. And you know what I find still amazing to this day is I, I I really haven't like completely followed Beck since probably Odelay. And I remember being so excited for Odelay and waiting with. You know, Josh and Aaron on Sixth Street. Like, I think we went to the record store maybe at midnight. You know what I mean? Some stupidity like that, and got Odelay. And we, because I remember listening to it for the first time, super late at night, with like no lights on, and Aaron, you know, just, and me just being like, "Holy fuck!" Listening to this record, like, with, on the like turning it up in the middle of the night, being like, "This mm -hmm. is incredible," and just listening to it over and over. 
And, uh, uh, oh, but what I was going to say is, so, like, maybe a year or two ago, I'm just poking around, like, Beck.com or something, and... Is that a thing? Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sure. Gonna... I'm sure it is. Wherever I was, I don't remember exactly. Oh, was, no, shit, it is. It's but his it, website. But it's his website, and there was a section that was, like, where he's covering albums, and I was like, what is this? And I look, and he, he did, he took members of The Liars... And a bunch of other bands, and just he's been just covering records with people, and they cover uh, In Excess, uh, they cover like the Velvet Underground, like entire albums they cover, and the In Excess one I will not forget is amazing, and they were just putting this shit up there for free just on their website, and I was mm. like, God, this is amazing, and like I really think for for whatever you know you you're, you think about Beck, he is still fucking with the system in weird ways and and just I, i'm i am completely like in a lot of ways i am really like oh he's doing like what you sort of wish you could just do is fuck around with your friends cover albums put it up there like <laughs> just like well, let's, there's let's, no let's, limit and he takes advantage of it still to this day in a way let's, that let's like dig sonic deep into this record for a second okay. um let's listen to soul sucking jerk yeah let's Let's do that. Let's listen to it. Have. There was a there was a video I remember too with with John Spencer Blues Explosion. Oh God, I and Beck about John doing Blues something Blues. on the subway with them, like selling them some like trinkets, like you know, like walking between train cars. It was just shit like that. Just fucking killed me that he was willing to do that shit all the time. It was just hilarious. Right. Um, this is a, this is a great quote from uh, from when uh, Loser was starting to blow up. When all these record company honchos started coming to my shows in local dive bars or holes in the walls, the kind of places where there would be a big pole in front of the stage, and all these limos would be pulling up with these industry people, people would be saying, they love your song, they're coming down, they want you to blow them away. So I thought I'd get a leaf blower and really blow them out of the room. (laughs) The ones that survived the exhaust fumes from the landscaping machine when the smoke settled down. That's how I found the people I could work with, I guess. Put them to the test. Things like bringing a leaf blower on stage these grew out of more of a performance type thing. I wasn't trying to be a clown. It was a comment on keeping those red stucco fake house communities clean. The breeze from the inner cities. It had something to do with that. I had a firm agenda. Just silliness. Just silliness. <laughs> so like, well, I don't know. I think there's a lot going on there that I really respect in a really silly, awesome way. Yeah, I, there's, well, I mean, obviously he took this. So let's backtrack a little bit. I mean, this album is not his first album, but um, it, it got a lot of mainstream success. And he he really brought to the front a kind of art, noise, experimental collage thing. Right. But I think the closest right. thing I could compare this album to is like Paul's Boutique, but not really. You yeah. know, like psychologically, yeah. Yeah, sure. I sort of put them in the same space where yeah. they're like these. They're, it's, it's collage and montage. It's right. not. And, um, but like with mellow gold it's so much more raw 
Right. It's right. so much more stripped down and so much more in your face. And just like, like, I really don't care if you're having a good experience with well, this it's, record. It's being your own sampler. It's instead right. of, instead of grabbing all of these things from thrift store records, thousands and thousands of thrift store records. It's, it's like sampling your subconscious. That's what Beck is doing on this record. And well, didn't it, you say you had a, a interview clip with him? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great this. clip. I'm very curious of to hear because I don't Moore. I don't really ever remember like paying that much attention to Beck yeah. until Odalay came out. Yeah, so I'd be really curious to see what he has to say about this album. This well, it's it's going to be nonsense. Get ready. This is Beck talking right. to Thurston Moore, who's obviously oh, in, on, in on the joke. One of our one of our. Oh, I have sure. a feeling Thurston Moore is going to make a lot of appearances on this. Thurston Moore is a sponsor of the show. I wish. <laughs> Welcome back to 120 Minutes. I'm Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, your guest host tonight. And my first guest tonight is Beck. And this is Beck. So, Beck, uh, your song Loser, man, it's a smash hit. How do you feel about that? It's like uh, surfing in some oil spillage. Yeah, it is like that. Smash. No? Smashing. Mm, yeah, I, I, I understand. And uh, your video Loser is, is pretty hot, too. Uh, I see it everywhere. Um, you must be really happy that people are like watching it and getting the Beck vibe. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's it, man. This is Beck, and stick around, because Beck is going to be playing live for us later on. We're back here on 120 Minutes. I'm Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth, interviewing Beck who's right here beside me. Beck, uh, I sort of wanted to ask you some questions about uh, you know, where you're from and who exactly you are, and uh, I can't <laughs> seem to get any straight answers out of anybody uh, who uh, seems to know you, but uh, what exactly is your real name? Is it Beck? Were you christened Beck? He just threw his shoe. All right. <laughs> And another question I sort of wanted like, to ask you that I was really like curious a, about. He's like and, a uh, high school kid who read one quite a long book time about performance a, art. Yes. Uh, what exactly was the first record you ever bought? Probably be a Hino record. Hino? Maybe it was Xanadu. Xanadu? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure all of our viewers are very familiar with those and they can relate to you on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Okay, well, later on, Beck will be playing dick, live really. for us, so stay no, tuned no, for that. See, no, if no, he's absolutely not. If you see him, he is completely like... Is he into it? I can't see totally the picture. He's totally into it. Audio. He's completely like, I love that you are not going to answer anything. I'm super into this. I'm Thurston well, of Sonic I, I love the fact that MTV had 120 minutes for this stuff to happen you know they like, i don't have a lot well, of nice stuff on. to say about mtv but like i i don't like, have anything to say nice about them this is an accident this is them going oh thurston moore's hot let's oh back the loot let's put those two together and then those thurston and back just going like throwing shoes. <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna fuck with the fact that mtv doesn't know any better and this is right. what he did when he went on that radio station was you well, have so no like idea one in the morning like, you, who cares right you have no idea who i am and you don't want to know, so I'm not going to tell you anything. It's right. Great. It's I remember. Great. I do great. remember there were all these like rumors that uh, you know about like who he was and where he came from, and he was homeless, and he like just. Right. I remember that in the air, just nobody knew anything about him, so people just said crazy stuff. Yeah. Well. Well, I think like, and what's funny is I remember reading um, whatever that. Uh, anthology that came out about Bob Dylan and he and and finding it really funny that he did almost the same thing in the 60s when he started you know he was like oh yeah I was a hobo riding trains um, my name is Bob Dylan you know and they're like mm, okay <laughs> yeah, Bob Bob Zimmerman <laughs> right right, right really? yeah exactly like he created this entire mythology about where he came from you know, and eventually people found out, and I guess they didn't give a shit. Same with Beck. Like, I guess at first it's like, you know what? This is a little overwhelming. 
Let me like distance well, in, myself. In the mellow gold, from this he's whole like kind of long blonde hair, loser, right. like right. baggy clothes. And then he comes back with Odelay, where he's all like buttoned up with like wingtip shoes and doing dance moves and stuff. It was like, what? Yeah, I mean, I guess again, he's like he, he's like able to just shift through whatever pop reference. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna be like a lounge singer. I'm gonna be, you know, this like dirtbag hobo. I'm gonna be whatever well I, th I what i think is i don't i don't know how to put this like when you see sonic youth for example like they made a commitment to a sound but also a, a look a style sort of an evolving new york indie style yeah whereas i feel like Beck is just like i'm just gonna be whatever the day requires me to be or whatever i want to you know i'll be trendy i'll be cool i'll be stylish i'll be sloppy i'll be handsome i'll be whatever like he just is just like whatever's kind of the thing yeah you know like i mean I I, uh, yes yeah, sort of i don't feel i feel like in a way he is like not acknowledging any of that in a weird way sure just being like well throw on another track what's what's the right, track that you see. like uh well i mean there's something about um uh, shit-kicking neighbors downstairs. Oh no! Wait, do we truck driving neighbors Sweet downstairs? Neighbor, hippie girl. Fuck, I don't remember it. Uh, well, just play track six. Uh, yeah, truck driving neighbors downstairs. All right, dead air. Always good for a podcast. Wait a second. That was the wrong Whoa. song. Come on! Don't put your clothes on! Come on! <laughs> no. <laughs> wait a second. Well, just play through this. Wait a second, wait a second. I just want to say that he. this is really, this is a real recording that he made of his neighbors. <laughs> and he said there were two, two guys who were like, maybe a couple, maybe not, you couldn't really tell. And they were truck drivers, and whenever one of one of they would both be in town, there would just be like nightmare fights all day long. And he said they would end by like them like one night like out on the lawn with uh, axes, and the, they had to call the police. And like you just <laughs> so this is like a very real uh, story. Well, play Autobiographic this, and then I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Okay, play play this.
Yeah, you know, I I guess I appreciate that track sort of in the abstract, but yeah. it's not really fun to listen to. You know, it's it's a rough listen these days. I did put it on a few times driving around. Um, I, I honestly, when I was listening to this, the first time I popped this on, I listened to Loser, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm back." And then it just track after track, I was like, "I'm." I don't remember any of these songs. Although, although you know what, like, the, and I just the, I didn't like this. Well, take this this track for example. I like a lot. Like it kind of it kind of dials back the, a little bit of sure. the goofiness and, and takes he's, he's playing like a sitar. You know what it is though? The fact that shit. you started off that last song with like a three minute explanation about neighbors oh, and truck drivers man, and great. fights and Come axes on. and trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. what killed it for me. Is like. The, everything here seems to have a backstory, yeah. but it's not really accessible, oh, and so it just feels man. like an impenetrable gibberish album. Oh, that's fucking sad, man. It just, I mean, you know, even like Loser, like the big song, like the lyrics are just nonsense lyrics, right? Yeah, but... Okay. And it's a fun song because the nonsense is like fun, whereas the truck driving Neighbors is just like... It, I don't know, it just it seems to like beat you over the head with well, its Well, like, I have to say, coming from... Uh, trailer, trailer, uh, you know, the land of the mobile home, the upstate land New of the York. mobile home, that's true. It's like, that was perfect. That was like, oh sure. my God, Beck wrote this for like people still living in my town. You know what I mean? Like it really resonated in a lot of ways that like, cause, cause I did, I did start to go through like a Dylan phase and all, all that stuff too at the time. Cause it was at first, it's like, well, I got an acoustic guitar and I'll just start playing some shit and then you start you know, finding out about other stuff. So, so like this was like huge to me. And uh, well, I I do remember at one point um, when Loser was big, and I think Aaron went to the show. He did at Roseland, and he was really annoyed because everybody's yelling "Loser" the whole time. And obviously, Beck is like, "I'm over that fucking song." And he plays like a real shitty version of it, and nobody, and everybody gets mad, and they're like booing and stuff. And he was like, "It was a really shitty show." And then Tim Tim uh, called me up and was like, "Hey, uh, Adult Crash is selling tickets to Beck at Maxwell's, which was like tiny place in New Jersey." Um, you know, like a hundred people tops. And I was like, fuck. So we ran down there and got tickets cause we'd heard about it. And, uh, that show was incredible. Beck on acoustic guitar, just playing all kinds of stuff and taking requests and playing like, I mean, people would just give him requests and he'd start playing songs and making up lyrics and just having fun. And then he was like, oh man, this is going to be like a Springsteen three hour show. And he's like, he's played past midnight and he played like three hours. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. this is the greatest show I've ever seen. I sort of feel like that would be the the fun way to see Beck. It's it just, was. he seems like a dude who just wants to goof around musically and yeah. take you there. Yeah. That's what I, and, that's the shit I love and appreciate. And that's what he does. You know, you know, it's called Mellow you know, Gold. I, I Hold think on. It would be, I think it would have been fun to be in the room with him at his four track yeah. as he's like oh I've got this awesome recording of my truck driving neighbors fighting downstairs yeah. like let's yeah, fuck yeah, with yeah. it for an hour yeah. that would have been fun but listening to it like as a thing that you pay for that was weird well I still think it's awesome in that way because I do appreciate that stuff and you know what I've listened to enough of my friends and my own bullshit that I'm like this is just another uh, cassette that somebody handed me of their weird sure. bullshit. And I love that Mellow Gold is literally a play on the like KTEL Records compilations. Right. So in a way, he's saying like, this is a compilation of genres. And like, it is such a snapshot of the time that it's, it is almost impossible to revisit. All right, but let's lay down awesome. one more track. You can pick one, and then we'll do the disclaimer and uh, All right, find well, our way out the I'll door. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm gonna have to do is play what do you have to do? Um, this one. What's it called?
Okay. What was that track I forget. called? Well, you know what? You know what's really shitty is I fucking found the like the edited version of this. I'm like, where's the real fucking? Are you kidding me? Uh, fucking oh, the Spotify? censored version. Is that the only one they have on here? Is goddamn fucking censored version? What the <laughs> fuck? Also, this like, is some shit, it's weird man. to think of like back having a, to have an album be censored and Walmart or it was Walmart getting in trouble for selling the uncensored is, version is like, of this oh, record. Man. What's that? Of Mellow Gold? Yeah, let me see if I can find this again. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, hold on. There was a whole thing about. Um, ah. So, oh yeah. So uh, this Kmart. Is, this is and called Walmart. motherfucker. I don't. I don't know why the unexplicit version came up. Well, according to Wikipedia, in an effort to get the, the album into stores such as Walmart and Kmart, oh. which not stock albums with a parental advisory sticker, a clean version of the album was released. Regardless, Walmart carried the explicit version of the album, although some believe it was an unintentional oversight. No, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, it was a weird time for music. Like, what's her name? Tipper Gore was, you know, trying to censor everything. And yeah, no, I mean, he, yeah, this album is like has like explicit on a lot of tracks. So well, there is a track called give a "Motherfucker." Shit. Sure, yeah, which is very misspelled. Yeah, in a lot of ways, he didn't didn't give a shit in a good way, in a really good way. And then, listen, he did. You cannot forget about that whole album that he did with the guitarist from Link. One foot in a grave, in a grave. Right. I mean, it's the shit like that. That's yeah. amazing. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing he's doing this shit with DGC. He's doing Odelay, and then he, guess what? He randomly recorded in a shack with the guy from uh, um, KRS Records and Link, and the guitars from Link. I mean, like he was, you know, there's there's great overlaps like that that are super interesting. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a really yeah. interesting musician. Yes, I think in hindsight, but I hear what you're saying. Like that you Mellow have to be Gold, there. you have to be there. Is yeah, you have it's to be not, in the room. <laughs> it's knowing what's coming later with like Odelay and all that stuff. Yeah, like Loser was a fluke that got a lot of radio play. Yes, you know what Loser? It's funny. You know what Loser was? Loser was the push the little daisies. Yeah, and exactly. you were like, I fucking hate Wayne. Yeah, you're you get like the rest no, of the actually, album. Actually, when I when I listen to it, they are great. Yeah. So. Well, I feel like it's the other way with this. It's like Loser convinces you you're going to get a certain kind of album. Yeah. You and then the rest do, of though. it is like four track crazy nonsense. Well, that's what Loser is, though. Come on, man. That's what this. I think this album is pretty representative of sure. Loser. Whoa. Um, well, here, let's do the disclaimer. Do you want to do the disclaimer on this episode? Yeah, we better because Beck's gonna fucking sue us. No, I mean I always do it. Like you gotta take some responsibility for your your actions, buddy. You better tell Beck just to chill the fuck out. Go, man. You, it's your turn to tell people to chill the fuck out. <laughs> oh, it's my okay. Uh, we don't own this, Beck. You know that. This is your shit. You're you're surfing on the sludge waves, um, goofing with the goofballs. So don't um don't Spider Man our um. Backhoe digger, okay? Thanks. Okay, I'll translate that for everybody who isn't back. The microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, please don't sue us. If you want us to take this down, just uh, drop us an email or a tweet and uh, we'll remove it. We don't need any lawsuits. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. That's you know that's what Beck would have done. Honestly, he would he he would have he he was not into disclaimers. No, but he had oh. his his little micro his little sound changing yeah. device. No, I think you 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 did right? it. I did it. You, you listened to this album and you channeled it. Yes. You internalized it. <laughs> that's right. That's what we do on we listen to records. We yeah, make these a part of our life. So uh, last question I have for you before we uh, move on. Yeah. Um, are you going to add Mellow Gold back into your catalog? Are you going to listen to this regularly, or is this a one-time deal? No. I just needed to get it out of my system. That's it. I'm done. So I'm going to call you out a little bit here. Okay. Um, because in our intro, we say that we pick albums that we like care about. 
Yeah. But I'm not Didn't sure I just explain really that to you? An album that you're like, like, wait a second. About. Didn't I just explain? Are you fucking kidding? Didn't I just explain this to you in great sure. detail how important and exciting this fucking album was? That's true. This is to this 1995, is the, the, the most, Jason. Most passion that you have. It was. For, for it was mind blowing because it was like. Look what this fucking guy can do. And the, like, I would listen to this and then immediately go record four track shit forever. And right. especially the idea of him fucking with his vocals, speeding up, slowing it down. I mean, that was, you know, there, there, this. Dude, I remember this the first album, time that you took the four track and opened up the lid and like put your finger yes, on the tape exactly. and like made it distort. I was like, that's fucking mind because blown. of Beck. It's because of Beck, honestly. All right, all right. So, so, so you learned a lot from this album, yes. but you're not adding it to the daily It rotation. was a blueprint of like, like home recording. Of home recording. I have not gone past it. I think that I continue to evolve and change as a person. And this play, this is a specific time and place. And it will right. remain a great record. But well, I'm not going to listen to it because I'm looking for the next thing. Right. All right. Um, cool. So uh, shall we pick next week? Next week. Um, okay. So it's my turn to present three to you. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I've got a fun one for you this time. So my wife, my wonderful wife, Nicole, she said, I love your podcast. I think it's great. Oh, wow. But you're like two... 40-something-year-old dudes yeah, playing music from your, your teenage years. I know. That's, I don't want so it to be like, that. We she's have to like, do I wanna, She's like, shit. I want to shake things up for you. All right, you know? good, good, I guess. So she asked if she could provide the three okay, choices. Okay, I'm a little worried. <laughs> What's that? I'm a little worried. I'm a little nervous. Oh, you don't have to be. So she, she stayed in the 90s because that's where you and I tend to hang out. Oh, great. And they're all uh, female acts. Okay. And, and all of them feature someone who has died tragically. Oh yikes! Um, so she gave me three options to choose from. She's definitely rooting for one of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a chance to shake up what we listen to to to, to try to do things a little Hold different. Hold on a second. My neighbors are really fucking. Just a second. Guys, shut up! Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry, man. Okay. All right, they're done. Go ahead. Yeah, you live above a bunch of truck drivers, don't you? No, they're just assholes. Just assholes. Yeah. Go on. All right. So, do you do you are you ready for the three choices that my my wife has provided for yes. us? Yes. I think you're gonna be happy with with them. Yeah, okay? of course I am. That's awesome. Okay. She, totally, I'm psyched. Okay. Uh, I I didn't really come up with any clues. Well, um, you got hold to do on. it. Okay. Um. Okay. 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 Number, Number one. one. <laughs> yeah. Burn okay. the mansion down. Ooh. Okay. God, what could that be? Yeah, that's a tricky. That's a tricky one. Mm, okay, number oh. two. Number two. The title, the title is, is in Spanish. Spanish. What is it? The title is in Spanish. Oh, that's the that's the clue. That's the clue. The title is in Spanish. <laughs> um, God. And number three, I got to come up with a good clue. Is it Odelay? No. Is it Odelay? No, it's not Odelay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fucking lady. <sighs> okay, good. Yes, go um, number three. Number, th- number three. Uh, the only clue is what you and I do all the time. That's the clue. What you That's and I clue. do all the time. But you, what you and I do all the time. Uh, so those get- are your clues. Do you want to go number one, the burning uh, mansion? Number two, I- Spanish. Number three, something you and I do all the time. I'm trying to think of an album called Podcast, but I don't, I don't really know it. Um, I guess, I guess, I'm, I'm curious what the Spanish one is. The title's in Spanish. You want to go for the Spanish one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what you picked it? Seven Year Bitch, Viva Zapata. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, hold, wait. Yeah, Seven, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Seven Year Bitch, Viva yeah. Zapata. Uh, Viva Zapata. That's awesome. Do you think? I'm curious if that has something to do with. Um, Zapata there who was uh wait was she in that band Mia Zapata uh, who was who was uh killed uh I think so she was I in that band I don't know all right we're I gonna have to get into this of the three that my wife uh picked um 
All right, give me the other two. Let's burn the mansion down. What's that? Uh, TLC, Crazy Sexy Fool. Oh, my God. That was my next pick. Oh, I'm I'm really glad. I I don't know what to say about them. That would be tough. I'd have to watch a lot of left-eye documentaries and shit like that. All right, what was number three, what you and I did? Uh, It was The Cranberries, and the album is called No Need to Argue. (laughs) Okay, I was wondering if The Cranberries were going to be in there. All right, cool. Very so good. the clue right. was seven something year, you and I do all so the time. So seven year bitch, Viva's a pod. That's great. I'm into it. Good. That's the next episode. Um, very good. Yeah, we will find out if Mia Zapata is referenced in the title of that album or not. Ah, uh, we will. Yeah, and I'm gonna leave this. Um, yeah, play us, play us out. This we're gonna be listening to the last song on Mellow Gold called Analog Odyssey. Analog Odyssey. That's it. Bye-bye. Wow, that was magical. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording. Reset.